Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello and good evening. Welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and my guest today is Karen, who's going to talk to us about um, the Stretch and Challenge. Um, I know you've got a wealth of experience. First of all, thank you for um, spending your evening speaking to me. It's very exciting. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> Oh, thank, thank you. And Karen, you just really, I mean, obviously you've got 10 years experience within sort of the, the management structure as head of social, sociology and then obviously more recently a director of the social sciences. So you've got sort of a breadth of knowledge and also been teaching sociology for 15 years yourself. I know we've just had a conversation prior to, to recording, but, you know, also got a great career within the media as well that's sort of impacted in your understanding of, of the world of sociology but what I'm picking your brain today is really stretch and challenge uh, and what that means and how we can use that in the classroom I know uh, that you've got a wealth of experience within that um, but first of all what does you know sort of going straight into it what does stretch and challenge look like mean to you because obviously it's a word that's banded around quite a lot stretch and challenge your students uh, I know that there's been sort of discussion more recently about moving away from differentiation and moving towards I think sort of adaptable learning is something that people have been talking about but yeah what does stretch and challenge mean to you as a classroom teacher as well as obviously a director of the faculty of social sciences okay so I teach in a grammar school so for us, we are really trying to stretch and challenge all of the students. There will be some students who can go further with that and, and they will normally kind of um, will identify them quite early on. I think it's always really about trying to hook them into the subject and really engage with the subject and really enjoy the subject. And I think that that's once once they're they're really interested, then it, it's certainly a lot easier to to stretch and challenge them. Um, so for us, we are aim we are aiming for A stars, and uh, we we get about probably about thirty percent A stars at the moment. Obviously, we'd like that to try and be higher, um, but I think that all students really are, cap are capable of that. So we so we're really just sort of trying to get them to to um, you know engage with the subject and just go that little bit further, that little bit deeper um, beyond the textbook, beyond the curriculum, and really to just develop a, a love of the subject and a love of sociology as well as aiming for those top grades as well. Yeah, and I suppose they sort of go hand in hand, don't they? So that love of subject as well as obviously aiming for those grades, which just sort of seems like obvious, but obviously sometimes it isn't, you know, like you sort of focus on what, what bit is up the chicken egg, what comes first? Is it the sort of the academic bit or the love for learning? Like, and I think, you know, I think it's the love of learning, but personally, and I think once they've got that, they mm -hmm. can sort of go further. But um, you mentioned two things. One is like how you identify those students. And the other thing was obviously, you know, it's important to give them that love of learning to hook them in. So I sort of want to deal with the, the sort of the second bit that you said, which is the sort of hooking in the mean and giving them that love of learning. What sort of things do you do then as a sort of faculty, as a subject teacher, increase that sort of love of learning in, in order to stretch and challenge those students? So I think there's there's a few different areas going on. One is in lessons itself, and then the other um, is to do with outside of lessons, developing their independent um, study skills and directing them towards some of those super curricula. So within lessons, I think, you know, sociology is so endlessly interesting, isn't it? It's really about trying to bring it to life for them, really about connecting to contemporary issues so whatever is going on in society and linking the theory um, and the textbook, you know, the curriculum, the, the syllabus stuff to, to what's going on. And I, and I think 
that certainly brings it a lot to life. We, as you do, um, also get speakers in. So depending on the topic that we are um, doing, I would ask, uh, we've had Professor Diane Ray, we've had Professor Louise Archer for the education topic. So to, again, to bring the sociologists and the studies and the theory that we're learning to bring that to life as well. I think that's um, really important. Within lessons, it would be the question the students and talking to the students and kind of bringing out and drawing out their interests and um, kind of sort of developing their analytical and, and evaluative skills through, through questioning, stimulus questions, um, as I say, in sort of links to, to contemporary issues to, to really get the students thinking and applying their sociology. So we would look at whatever's gone in, like today with the um, the, the Met police officer who, who's just been found guilty, we would look at examples like that. Um, uh, Grenfell Tower, you know, I think that's the great thing about sociology, isn't it? You've, you've got all this, this stuff in the textbook, but every single year we're linking those examples to different contemporary issues, um, which I think just makes it really interesting for the students. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, I know you outside the classroom connected about sort of, um, or outside this podcast is connected about sort of collaborating with with you and other local teachers. Um, I think that's really, really important. But I also know that you've got your sort of passion for sociology is infectious. So I think, you know, obviously, you might not say that about yourself. Um, obviously, there's the, the stretch and challenge and, you know, incorporating stuff outside the classroom, which is sort of getting guest speakers to come in and get them to research and get contemporary material. But I think it sort of starts as well with with without putting too much pressure on the teacher, but there is an element, it, it, you can't take away from that, that if you're interested and you're passionate, which I know you are, it does become infectious. The students want to take that on. And I've, I've definitely seen that from talking to you. Like, I think we can sort of talk and talk and talk about sociology and then you bring your own interest. And I think the students take that on and, and embrace that as well. I think there's something to be said for that yeah, sort of role modelling. Really important. And then those students who are really interested and, you know, they will come in in the morning and, and they will say, Miss, did you see such and such? You know, have you seen this documentary or did you see this on Instagram or did you read this? And, and that's, you know, that's brilliant. That's what we want. Um, I've, I've found that that's perhaps... I don't know how you, how, whether you found it, it not as much the last year or so, and that's an impact of the pandemic. Um, yeah. But certainly previously to, to that, there would be lots of engagement with what the students were kind of sort of mm -hmm. themselves choosing to read and engage with outside of school. And I'm now finding maybe they need a little bit more direction to where to find those documentaries, um, you know, or, or what to kind of read and what to look at in podcasts and those sorts of things. But certainly when when they are doing it and engaging with it and then they're coming in and talking to me or I'm talking to them about things that I've seen and read, I think, I think that's right. I think that's part of it. I think that's really, really, really important, isn't it? And those students who maybe are going on to, to university to do your subject, to do sociology, to do criminology or something related to that, I think it's really important to have those conversations with those students as well and to start that really early in year 12 as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely early into us. It's interesting you said that um, about that. I'm glad you said that because I thought that was just me. I feel like I'm going on a slight segue of the conversation. But sort of one, I suppose one of my questions is like what the limitations of stretch and challenge. And obviously, you know, we've spoken um, about the pandemic in the past. And I think there's something, I don't know, oh, it's something that I thought, oh, is that just me that's felt that? Um, but yeah, that's sort of, I suppose what maybe is a barrier to that might be risk taking. And I'm not sure how. How much has that been because of the, the pandemic?
academic, you know, to be able to sort of stretch and challenge those the students. I wonder if they sort of want to sort of remain a little bit in their comfort zone a little a little bit because of the missed learning. I don't know. I don't, what would you say? Is yeah. that, I mean, I know yeah, sort of I slight, has that impacted on that or not? I think I have seen it. I've been trying to sort of work out what, what I think mm -hmm. it is, but I think I have seen that in, in the last year or so. Um, yes, de definitely a little, needing a little bit more encouragement. And um, I, d I don't know if it's almost a little bit of numbness to 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 what's going on. There, there was so much in the pandemic. So previously to the pandemic, I'm constantly saying to students, have you read this? Have you seen that? You know, we I use it like a Twitter feed and I'm sending them articles and we're updating contemporary issues and all those sorts of things all the time. And I just wonder if everybody during the pandemic a little bit was a bit like oh, actually I've, I've had enough of all these different viewpoints and and things you know that are kind of going around on the internet and that sort of thing and and I think perhaps there's not as much engagement um mm. or or there's engagement with different places so now the students are mainly using TikTok um so they get new information from different places but yes I, I think that um we definitely maybe need to be working a little bit harder at the moment since the pandemic to direct them towards the reliable sources and and reliable places where they can get information and sort of teaching them also how to to, to fact check and and really think about what they're looking at as well yeah definitely like a bit more sort of i suppose it comes back from the teachers sort of guiding in the right direction rather than the students always bringing it to us um maybe more so than we had to be one of there's an element of that sort of media saturation that's going on where they've been bombarded yeah. with lots of information and like you said maybe a bit desensitized from that or a little bit numb i think is the word you use from it and so it's yeah. sort of yeah. and also sociology's had a bit of a uh, i suppose a high profile within the social media for a while i said all finally we're, we're fashionable as a subject um despite the fact that it's been around for a sort of couple of hundred years or nearly a couple of hundred years sort of thing i think um, it's never been more important has it no, it's no. Never absolutely and i wonder yeah like i wonder if it is just a bit overwhelming that, that this i think that, that my year, my 13s during the pandemic were very much um very much interested in what was going on and very politically minded and um you know really like to engage with that sort of thing but i think yeah i think that potentially the longer it went on for um maybe it has had yeah a bit of an impact in that yeah, way something to consider yeah with regards to the stretch and challenge the other thing you said is about identifying students and obviously it, it's different in different schools in different environments um and obviously you know i suppose in a grammar school setting it's going to be different from maybe or maybe not in a comprehensive because ultimately to be doing a levels you've got to have certain grades at gcse in order to get onto an a level course um i suppose there's two questions there not just particular to, to obviously your school but how can teachers identify or how do they especially if their students are new to you you've taught at gcse those that potentially are um, able to get those sort of yeah oh, to stretch and challenge I think you need to be aware of their starting position, the GCSE results, you know, in subjects like English and humanities, for instance. But, you know, in the in the early days, the early lessons, I think it comes from questioning and, and checking understanding and, and who is really engaged and, and who is doing, you know, we would suggest extra reading and we, we have a reading list. Um, we're, we're aiming for all students to be engaging with that material. 
but there will be some students who are who are who are just definitely kind of sort of showing that they are doing more or pushing themselves or going a little bit deeper or willing to um to challenge some of you know it's that early we we always start with an introduction to sociology so we'll look at norms and values and culture and then we'll look at the big five um theories and i think that students who who can be stretched are already questioning they'll be the ones who you'll be part way through talking about functionalism and they'll already put their hand up and say yeah miss but what about and they're already maybe kind of coming at it from more of a marxist argument before you've explored that so so they have either uh, they're just kind of yeah, isn't politically minded, or they've done extra reading, they're just more aware, and they have that those kind of critical thinking skills, and can apply um, their own sort of thinking and their own background as well. So for me, in sociology, I think it's brilliant to have like a diverse class from different backgrounds. So although we are a grammar school, we have students in our sixth form from all different schools. And we are a girls school, but we also have um, boys in our sixth form. So it's a bringing together of, of lots of different backgrounds and lots of different ideas where hopefully students feel safe to be able to have those conversations and, and sort of challenge previous thinking and assumptions. So um, and as we said before, I think it's the conversations that you have as well about what they're reading and what they're watching and those sorts of things, I think you know, as as well as then your assessments and how they're getting on, the the higher level students will be, they'll just have that depth of, of analysis, right? They'll, they'll have that ability to be really thinking evaluatively as well and putting that into their writing. Yeah, definitely. Because I was thinking those quite interesting. You said a couple of things there that sort of I, I want to sort of explore really. One was, yes, you do look at the GCSE potentially data. That's what we're, we're you know, that's the information we have all in front of us. And there are obviously going to be some sort of mini assessments maybe to begin with different schools do different things I know I know some have to do diagnostics and some don't and it's all different for different schools but actually sometimes it is that more qualitative data that you get from the students like those conversations that you have with them about their relationship to to learning or their thinking or mm. those questions that you have with those students you think oh actually they, they may have not got a super high grade at GCSE and sometimes I found this, I don't know if you found this, but actually sometimes the students that didn't do so well with GCC do become fantastic sociology students. Yeah. Or they have got, or sometimes I've had students in the past who are really strong A-level students, but I know they're gonna be fantastic degree students because of the restrictions within the scheme of works, because of the way Absolutely. that we construct the course. Not yes, us, but that, you know, it's more yeah, I think that that's actually been an issue in the past with my incredibly, you know, excellent students who just want to go beyond and you don't want to hold them back. But actually, you have to sort of say that it isn't an undergraduate essay. You, you can't, you know, you have to hit the criteria. Sadly, you know, you do have to hit that, that assessment criteria. And I have had some very higher ability students who are ready for the freedom of an undergrad essay and they want to go off on a bit of a, of a tangent and that can be quite difficult kind of pulling them back and just linking to what you were just saying um sometimes students can be they identify themselves in class verbally as being um really you know deep thinkers and and politically minded and um and they're back they bring their background to to the lesson and that and that's brilliant but then their writing will need quite a bit of work um uh, but i think that that's 
as as you were saying, like sometimes sociology can be really good for students that, that as you say, may, may not have got really high GCSE scores. Um, and I'm always sort of trying to explain, I'm doing this at the moment with my year 12, trying to explain that sociology is a new subject, they're new skills and there's different styles of questions. You know, even just navigating your way between the difference between an outline and explain 10 mark question and an outline and uh, an apply and uh, analyze question can be quite tricky. So the first six months at least in year 12 is really developing all of those skills. So I'm not expecting everybody's writing to be a star at that time we are developing analysis and evaluation and that is a skill that isn't always there in the beginning but certainly um can be by the end yeah definitely and i think that's, that's the interesting thing about sociology it sort of develops the skill more i think the knowledge sort of because of the way it's not tick i think it sort of builds upon each other and that seems to make more sense and i think this is a skill that's yeah. do. and i've seen i've seen that the skill is a thing that seems to be more assessed more uh, than just obviously knowledge, you know, the A01 sort of bit. Um, I, was, I was quite pleased that you sort of said uh, about the safety bit and the, you know, so I wanted to pick up that that bit, there's sort of two bits I want to pick up. One is how do we how do we create a safe environment, particularly where students are coming from different backgrounds. If you work in a college, you've got students from all different schools, backgrounds. obviously yourself, it's a sixth form that take from different students from different schools um, as well. And I think, obviously, I'm sort of assuming that you're saying that safety is so important because if students don't feel safe, they don't feel they want to stretch and challenge, ultimately. They just would want to not take those risks. Yeah. So how to secure that safe environment? How, how do you suggest we keep um, this? It does take a while for us to build it up in our grammar school because we because we are a girls' school and because we have had student who, students who have come come through the grammar school um and so the first few weeks are really important when when the students are mixing and, and some of those students might be hesitant as you say and not want to take risks so lots of group work lots of peer uh, peer work lots of scaffolding with the questions or me writing a model answer and then students writing a model answer together we i would have students write an answer as a group on big the big massive whiteboards so there's lots of of trying to sort of work together and build those ideas and then just sort of d debates and um i say sort of stimulus and and trying to make sure that the students understand it's it's safe to have different opinions and that's absolutely okay and actually that's really good in sociology because if we all had the same opinion you know basically that's what sociology is isn't it it's, it's discussing it mm comparing different opinions and then trying to see which one has the most evidence. So just those classroom activities all the time trying to develop those skills. But it definitely takes a little bit of time, I think. Yeah, definitely. I, th I think, again, what we talked about previously with the pandemic, I think that maybe the students are maybe out of practice of those sort of social skills potentially, and it's building those up as well. So sort of add, like you said, right now that might be something we have to sort of factor in even more so that sort of collaborative working and it's it maybe even in small, small small groups in pairs initially before we sort of you know get into bigger groups to sort of collaborate to share um the other thing that you sort of talked about was um you know the sort of undergraduate students and how oh the, not undergraduate those that have got almost like and i've seen that like i've, I've worked in different environments myself and you see those students like, wow like you know you could go from probably writing like a, a first year degree essay. How do you get that balance then? I suppose there's two questions. I suppose it's a controversial question as well, is how do you balance the, that? How do you want to sort of keep that fire, that sort of enjoyment, that want for learning, 
without clipping their wings because ultimately you know i've got i think i've got lots of examples of one sticks into mine that you know something i know i've spoken to duncan in the past about um <laughs> Duncan's all, I know that Duncan's recording this, by the way, so he's in the background for those people that are listening to the podcast. Um, but obviously, the sociology spe- specifications, uh, whichever example would you work with, yes, the cultural identity talks about sexuality, but it's not really discussed in the education unit in regards to achievement with those p- students that uh, feel members of the like LBGT community. Um, yeah, that's but yeah and they want to pursue that they want to pursue yes. that they want to but then they're not going to get accredited so how do you get that balance between so that I had a student who was very interested in that. She'd identified herself. We'd identified that, there, that we were AQA. Um, there wasn't, you know, this all this kind of research is missing from the AQA syllabus. Mm. And so she did an EPQ and she did her own research and she interviewed LGBTQ students and trans students. And, um, you know, she, she developed her interests in that way. In terms of keeping the students on track so that they are not going to go off on too much of a tangent in their essays i think that's just lots of model answers and getting them to mark and understand what the examiners really want and to play the examiner um, and mark other essays and so yes you're trying to to develop that understanding directing them towards books to read but then also just keep working on the you know the exam practice and and trying to make sure they understand you've got you know you've got breadth and depth but you've still got to keep the depth relevant to the question and the item and you you know you can't afford to to go off too much on an area that you're just interested in for instance so i think it's um i think it's a challenge but um you know, we, we had, yeah, I think, I think it's worked in the past. There's only really been one student who I felt I just didn't want to be saying, don't do that. You know, mm. I, I kind of, um, I felt like I'm, you know, didn't want to be sort of hold, holding, holding them back, but um, they got a good result in the end. So. It's so, it is so hard, isn't it? It's that sort of that getting that balance, isn't it? And that's sort of thing, well, why did you become a sociology teacher if you do want them to yeah. have that? It's that one them about teaching to the test and marketization of education in the education topic mm. and then teaching them to the test and and that's that's you know that, that i'm kind of sort of saying we're, we're looking at marketization we're looking at policy we're crit- being critical of teaching to the test and the impact and those sorts of things and then i'm saying okay this is a qu- exam question and this is how you're expected to lay the exam question out and this is the exam criteria but making them aware that they are part, we're all part of this sort of system and, and yeah, you know, trying, trying to, to get them to understand exam criteria and assessment criteria, but also get the enjoyment and the love of it as well. Yeah. It, and that's so important, isn't it? It's so important. Even though they don't pursue sociology as a degree or, or even go on to university, uh, they may choose to go to work or, or do a degree apprenticeships. It's that love for learning that sort of ongoing love that will be sort of either passed down to if they choose to have families or future careers themselves or, you know, or just for the enjoyment. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's a lot to think about. 
what you get for me one of the most satisfying things is is parents evening when the parents will say oh you know so and so comes home and they've been talking about what you know whatever topic it was we were debating in school they'll go home and talk to their parents and they'll have arguments over the dinner table um, or you bump into a student from two three years ago or they email you to let you know what they're doing and their you know their passions and how they've developed them and I think that that's when you know that the the love of learning and the love of the subject is is there and that it's still there um, you know, and, and it, it is beyond the exam. It is beyond the grade, isn't it? Oh, definitely. And I think sort of, it's almost come sort of full circle uh, sort of conversation that to enable us to stretch and challenge students, which is what you said at the beginning, is to have that love for learning. And I think if you if you can instill that early on and maintain that, actually students will, will accept. Because obviously, if you're doing something, I read something the other day, if you're happy doing it, even on holiday on the beach, then you'll you'll always be happy, which is I suppose it's I don't want to get into that sort of toxic positivity necessarily. But you know, I I certainly feel like that about sociology. I know you do. I could be on yes. the beach and I'm I think we find ourselves reading books or sociology articles mm. when we're on holiday and that sort of thing for pleasure and for fun. And that's exactly what what we want to inspire the students to do, isn't it? Um, I use I'm just sort of thinking in terms of te other techniques and things. I use a teams a separate teams channel for supercurricular. Mm. To, to direct students I've got the Twitter page um I say a lot of students aren't really using Twitter that much anymore so I'm using Teams as well and then I would be directing them to reading and sociology review articles we have those so I might sort of set some of those for independent learning um that's where I'm going to be also posting things like the Cambridge Masterclass and the Pathway to Bath LSE lectures so we're sort of developing super curricular in that way as well and I would always want all students to be doing it but there will be some students that will be pursuing those um, interests more than others um, and I think that that's been working quite well as well because it's just a separate place where they can get that information from yeah definitely. Oh, I think, I sorry, go for it I was gonna say our magazine as well we've got the social science magazine oh, of uh, course yes so we've just done the third edition of that and that's that's excellent for stretch and challenge for all social science students and they get the opportunity to to write social science um based articles whether it's economics sociology whether it's combining so some students that do both they might take psychology and sociology and then they're kind of using cross-curricular um interests um, and and kind of academic information from from their studies to write about issues that they are um, interested in that are affecting them and then we um, publish that to years 10 to 13 so all of the students get to read it and the social science students are creating it and it's just been amazing they've done such a good job on the three editions that we've had so far uh, and oh, we've had it and often they go out how often did they go? Um, we did two last year and we've done one so far this year. We had the first edition, the front page um, was a student who'd entered the Cambridge A-level photography competition. So that was another one of the sort of super curricular activities. She took an amazing photograph and she was a runner up. So that was our front page. So I think as, as well, <clears throat> in terms of bringing some of that creativity together. So sometimes it, sociology can feel like we were saying, I think you were saying the other day that the theory can, can, you know, it can be sometimes quite hard to teach that, can't it, to kind of bring it mm -hmm. to life. Um, and another kind of creative activity 
that they've done recently was um, was a TED talk. So we split the um, education topic up and I put students into groups, gave them a topic area, gender, subject choice, etc. And they made their own TED talk. And I there was amazing. very little input from me, but they were amazing. They were just brilliant. And they really really kind of ran with the idea and they they made little videos with the TED Talk logo and even the little bit of music and the students were presenting but they were kind of moving around and speaking in the way that the TED Talk presenters do as well as it just being a really great way for everybody to learn and revise that information so trying to sort of be creative I know time and content is is an issue for all of us but every now and again, trying to do something like that as well, and and the, you know, the the all of the students really enjoyed that. But but some of those students just ran with it, you know, even more, which was brilliant. Oh, definitely meeting the needs of those students that maybe like have different ways of learning, uh, like you said, mm -hmm. and and different skills and talents. Obviously, you've got the the, the magazine, um, the TED Talk ideas is amazing. So I'm definitely going to borrow some of those ideas from you, Magpie. Then, um, and obviously, like you said, that sort of the Teams channel as well, which I know different schools will do different things like sort of good classroom or um, I know that people have like is it show my homework or something like that. I think it is uh, different sort of ways in which they can sort of share that information. But yeah, and I think it's it's it goes in it sort of becomes eventually a two-way relationship between students and, and and the students and and the teacher as well but it sounds really exciting lots of different ideas there um i like i really like the idea of the ted talk i think that'd be quite an interesting one to do sort of as a sort of revision activity where you sort of some did education some did crime um obviously depending on what other option topics you took as well um so that's super exciting combine the facts and the statistics with the with the evaluation um, and and created an argument. It was it was effectively an essay, but just spoken. Um, so yeah, I would definitely recommend that. And another thing I do towards the end of the course, um, there's, it's quite an old documentary. I don't know if you know it called Trouble on the Estate. Oh, Have you no, ever seen that? Mm, Trouble no. on the Estate. And um, it we watch it in class, and they just might the kind of mind map. It's basically the whole course all of the concepts all the theories all the ideas statistics it's, you know it's family it's crime it's education that can be really good and then also we um have had lessons where we totally mind map we, we were talking about synoptic links so all the way mm -hmm. through the synoptic links are just so important for everybody but also for stretch and challenge and some of those students will get that more earlier an earlier stage and be able to apply that knowledge much earlier than other students so towards the end as a revision big 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 pieces we did it in the drama studio i booked that out once um and we had big sugar paper on the floor and everybody was we were just we just mind mapped the whole course and then wow. drew lines and arrows between everything between concepts in family and crime and education and, and all the different like research methods and it was it just took up like the whole floor of, of the oh i like that's an idea i love that really an idea. Good. And again, it, it's yeah. just it's different for something that you might do normally and then you could then lead that into practice 10 mark questions or something and those yeah. synoptic questions family that take the two different areas so yeah. you know whether it's policies and children or policies and gender roles those sorts of synoptic links um finding ways to to develop those as well i think that's quite important oh my goodness i've got lots of ideas here i feel like <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, you're definitely like, yeah, I like these ideas. I, you definitely should. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, copyright them potentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, me and you could talk about sociology all night, I think, couldn't we? Oh, definitely, it's definitely. I'll definitely organize some time that. for that for sure. It's just oh. such an interesting subject, isn't it? You oh, know, and there's definitely. there's so many different ways of of trying to to make it more exciting and, and bring it to life for the students. Oh, definitely. Oh, I'm definitely going to continue this conversation um, outside the podcast with you. Um, I feel like on a separate, we always seem to be doing something that's interesting and exciting. So I maybe like tag along with one of those exciting things that you do and then go, oh, do you know what? I can't join you for this. Uh, and we can talk about sociology at the same time. Um, um, thank you for your time today and thank you for inspiring me as well as your students. I appreciate that. Um, you just inspired quite a lot that I've forgotten to mention. I had a few things written down and I think I've probably forgotten um, quite a lot, but. Thank you. Oh, thank you. No, thank you. I do appreciate it so much. Thank you and have a lovely evening. And thank you for your brilliant ideas and sort of your your golden nuggets of information. I appreciate that. Thanks, Kate. Thank you. Thank you. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by Tutor to You Sociology. Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor to you sock or Instagram at tutor to you sock. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.